I do believe we are destined to be soulmates. You're listening to That's Pretty Dark. The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children and still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders and under our beds and in our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty dark. I'm now recording as well. You're recording? Yeah. So guess what? What? It's so hot in my house and I am... Sitting in a puddle of sweat? Uh, because I almost broke my neck last week. I got these two um, cold compresses. I've got one between my legs. <laughs> in the hot, hot depths. So your booty's cold, but the rest of you is hot. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's nice. <laughs> That's real nice. Mm. I mean, that'll chill the rest of you. Don't worry. If, if between the legs is cold. Mm. Hey, Ooh. this is called That's Pretty Dark, and we're here to be this dumb. Is, That's Pretty Dark, and we're having a um, cold time. <laughs> and it's about to heat up, I promise. See, you had to prepare. It's going to get real, real hot real fast. Yeah. I promise you faster than you're ready for, and faster than any of us were ready for when we were children. But my name's Kaylin. And I'm Christian. And we're glad that you're here. So far, our podcast has been what some might consider dry yeah. with our topics of choice. So we thought we'd hit you with a real wet one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that, I guess, in a manner of speaking. You guys ready to get all hot and bothered and slimy? Oh, you guys get, that's get ready right. To get slick. Slick and slimy. Mm. Yikes. Well, we're already, we're already doing that. So, so might as well clue you into the fact that this very special collective. WTF the episode collective. of whoa, That's whoa, Pretty whoa, Dark. What the f***? <laughs> <What the laughs> I can't believe that out. Um, yeah, we'll just be Sorry, bleep. Sorry, What the bleep? What the bleep are um, you talking about? These WTF episodes are going to be a little more conversational, a little more fun, a little more loose. I feel fun and loose. Exactly. A little bit goofier than the other topics and types of episodes we might cover. But to clue you in on what we're discussing today and all the really way too much upfront slimy sludgy sexy talk is mm. toxic love by your favorite villain my favorite villain hexus from fern gully a villain until recently i knew nothing about so everyone i'm sure your jaws are hitting the floor right now because you can't fathom a person of our age that does not know who hexus is or what fern gully is caitlin um, stopped we were having like a like a podcast business meeting. Like, like last a meeting. Week. We were like. Like a serious business Well, meeting. a very serious get together. As serious hangout, as we can ever watch be. Watch a scary movie kind of serious whiskey hangout. But. Yes. Uh, she like stopped all progress and was like, you haven't seen Hexus. Yeah. I yeah, had a big meltdown and I made him pause and, and just understand what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. So today, for your enjoyment. Um, Christian's going to react to this, having never really experienced it before. We'll, we'll discuss not only what was present in the film Fern Gully and what was actually part of the film, mm -hmm. but also what was released on the official Fern Gully studio soundtrack. Yeah. So I'm here to learn today. Personally, Fern Gully was one of my absolute favorite movies as a child, and I'm honestly very excited to cover it eventually for a movie night episode we'll eventually break down like everything about this animated film mm -hmm. um it was not a disney film it was not dreamworks film it was distributed by fox i didn't know that yeah it came out in 1992 there are a lot of really fascinating uh, fa 
fascinating parts of this uh, movie and how it came to be. It's a fascinating. It's a fascinating uh, situation. But basically it evolved from, well, the movie itself evolved from this guy in Australia and his wife. And his wife was telling um, their children these like bedtime stories about fairies in the woods. That is where the story evolved from based on trying to protect like the native land in Australia and, you know, bled into the whole green sustainable movement. Everybody knows I don't know if Christian knows, so I guess I should preface it for his sake. I'm not going to get into the whole movie today, like I said. Where today is all about just giving credit where credit is due to my main man, Hexus. Like, Hexus and Toxic Love comes up all the time in conversation. And when I'm actually, I posted um, another song, the credits, because I mentioned I made a playlist of all these like great 90s R&B credits songs from animated movies. Yeah. Among them being Fern Gully with Some Other World by Elton John. Um, and one of my absolute favorites, Cats Don't Dance. Mm. <clears throat> but all through that, you know, I posted a story the other day of a song from the Fern Gully soundtrack. And three different people immediately, like within 10 minutes of me posting a story, which I'm not a popular person. So that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> three? <laughs> three whole people were immediately like, wait, but Toxic Love, though. And I was like, okay, this just seals the deal. We're going to have to talk about it. We have to do a Toxic Love episode. Really right. right up front. Just talk about Toxic Love. So Christian is in the minority here, I hope. Um, but I think it'll be funny to hear from someone who is, you know, not as familiar with it. But before we listen to the song <laughs> and really, you know, get into the nitty gritty of the song and the content of the movie... I thought it would be fun to talk about some fun facts about Hexus, things that I didn't know. And we'll get more into Fern Gully when we do an episode on that later. But <clears throat> um, Hexus was animated by a woman named Kathy Zielinski. And she was working um, with the startup studio that was doing the project. But she also was bouncing around between studios in the late 80s and early 90s. As she came to animate Hexus, she was coming off of being the supervising animator of Ursula. For no way. Disney's The Little Mermaid. So she had a lot of experience with wow. villains and slimy, sludgy things. Ooh, I can so see the made, resemblance. Made perfect sense. Mm -hmm. She's also the second ever female to be a supervising animator for a character, like cartoon character, which is really? insane to me. Go her. She's also responsible for characters like Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. She animated Jafar's snake likeness in Aladdin. Oh my goodness. Which also just like always was in my brain as absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. And she was like a staff animator on other movies that we both love, like Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, Rescuers Down Under, Pocahontas, Prince of Egypt, Spirit, and a ton of other ones. Oh my um, gosh. Which is so literally gems. listing off. Yeah, that's just, just a perfect listing movies. off perfect childhood films. Well, oh, she's still animating today. She's worked on DreamWorks movies. Actually, they stole her from Disney with a five million dollar contract. Ooh. So she now uh, animates for DreamWorks exclusively. She's done like a lot of their. I say recent. It wasn't that recent, but it was when I was in high school, so it feels recent to me. Um, like Over the Hedge and mm -hmm. a lot of DreamWorks movies wow. since then. But she's still animating. So. One of the most, like, decorated and revered animators, I feel like, of all time. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought this was a great quote, and I'm sure it will come up when we talk about the movie, too. But Wayne Young, that's the guy whose wife was telling these yeah. um, literal fairy tales, telling them to her children. And he was quoted in a Vanity Fair article that I read about Ferngully as saying that they had to, quote-unquote, keep Kathy in a box, or she would have scared the hell out of the parents, too. <laughs> 
Nice. So apparently what we see as Hexus is actually a toned down version of what Kathy could or would have wanted to do with that the character. That would have been so dope. I mean, he's creepy enough as is now that I've I mean, seen he's, him. But... Yeah, he's absolutely, to me, as a child particularly. So this is the censored Hexus. This is the... The Hexus that we see, yes. This is the appropriate is, Hexus. Yes. Wow. It's already been tampered. He's been screened. So that's, that was pretty wild for me to read. I was like, there's no way that that's, you know, that's somebody that's like pedal to the metal, like we're going to do this. But no, apparently not. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. This isn't Disney. Let's make it scary. Pretty much. All right. So thank you to Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. And uh, appreciate all of your work and everything that you've ever done. Thank you so much for literally drawing my childhood. Literally. Well, you know, not literally, but drawing everything I remember from my childhood. So much of what lives in my memory was drawn by Kathy Lewinsky. So her name should be out there yeah. more than it is. But that's why we're here, right? That's why we're here to, to talk about- people who made the content that we loved. Yeah, to celebrate the people that made it possible yes. for us to be yes. in love with all these things. Here for it, here for so, it. So the premise of Fern Gully is that we're trying to save the rainforest, essentially. It's called Fern Gully, the last rainforest. And the goal is to stop the big machine that's eating all of the trees. The big bad. It's just bad. They're, they're tearing down the whole rainforest. That does sound familiar. I don't know if I've seen something like that in another cartoon or if I've seen this once. Maybe. Like the one time. I don't, I don't remember that. But the fairies are so far removed from reality that they believe that humans don't exist, just human tales. Ah. And they're just existing in this forest paradise wonderland with bioluminescent flora. And like through this process, um, <laughs> I'm trying not to give the whole film away for you since you're going to eventually watch it. But basically, mm -hmm. the leader of the fairies has locked the spirit of Hexus away in a tree. And okay. the spirit of Hexus is released because of these humans and what they're doing to the rainforest. Oh. So they don't even realize what they're unleashing. But Hexus is a, it's he's anthropomorphization of pollution. So he is just okay. growing and his goal, he wants to be godlike. He wants all of Earth to be sludge and slime and polluted. And he's getting his way. And that's his goal. So as he eats pollution and drinks slime and gasoline and emissions and fumes, et cetera, et cetera, he becomes stronger. Fossil fuels. Yeah, pretty much. This is less of a fun fact and more just an opinion and like a funny thing that I noticed as I was reading about all this stuff. I found it funny that it's called toxic love and the idea of toxicity in a personality or a person wasn't really around mm. back then to my knowledge, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but it has become a buzzword and I think rightfully so in many cases, Yeah, like toxic masculinity, for example, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of like malignant narcissism and people coming to understand what narcissism is like as a personality disorder. Right. We weren't really there in the 90s. And so it's funny to me that that comes through as toxic love and his personality is what the kids today would call toxic, <laughs> I think. Um, so I thought that kids. was pretty funny that there's this like connection to a toxicity that wouldn't become mainstream in psychology for at least another decade, maybe two. Like we're really only just now getting to a point where there's oh, yeah. a little bit less stigma Right, around that right. kind of language and that kind of stuff. But it still weirdly subliminally came through. And what's crazy is that like the circles that we grew up in, it was mocked. Like I heard it mocked by everybody mm -hmm. that I knew. The toxic masculinity. <laughs> I don't think I was aware of it. Of course you weren't. <laughs> As a man who was probably very toxic. <laughs> right. Of course you weren't. <laughs> it was before my woke years, okay? Man, we're all getting to our woke years now. Thank God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It was a very necessary process for us to go through. So am I watching his like, I'm coming out song? Pretty much. Or is is this just like a post-Hexas release Oh, no, song? no. So basically, 
throughout the film, you hear these like hints of Hexus. Like you see the tree with the big, he looks, it's like a scary looking tree thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you too much of the order of operations of events because I want you to like. Like watch it. Yeah, Yeah. watch it and appreciate it. But he's in a tree and then he's not. And throughout the movie, you're seeing this like hissing. It's like this very like scary, ominous like hissing mm-hmm. sound as you see this yeah. sludge like sliding across and down a drain or like you get these hints of what Hexus is. Right. And then Toxic Love is essentially his like I've I've become who I am oh, kind of got thing. It. Got it. He had to build himself up to his strength so he can sing. Yes. He was building back his strength from being locked away. Now so that, that he's singing, we know he's strong. Exactly. Keep that in mind. People and children. Characters sing when they're strong. If you're singing. Well, sometimes you're weak. I guess that's true. Sometimes you sing like a a lament. A lament. Ooh, I love a good. But still. I love a good lament. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to have Christian watch it. We're going to watch it, and we're going to have some commentary, but it might be awkward for you if you're not watching it with us to just hear the commentary um, because we have to put some sound effects over top of the audio that you're going to hear. To avoid copyright problems. Mm-hmm. Some spooky, spooky witch's cauldron bubbles. Yeah. So not that you don't want to listen to that, but it might be more fun for you if you watch either before or with us. So feel free to type that into the Google right quick or pause and come back to us. Come Just back. don't forget to come back come to back. us. Please. Please. <laughs> so without without further ado, we are beginning the toxic love scene from Ferngully. And a good thing I got my ice packs because I'm about to get so hot. Yeah, you gotta you gotta mm. cool it down because it's gonna gonna rock your world. Ooh, all right, ready? I'm gonna hit play. Ready? And go. Slurpy. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's a black skeleton coming out of the sludge. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Very burlesque. Yes, it is so burlesque. It's like, uh, what did we say? What did you say the other day? Hmm? I don't know what I said the other day. Hold on. It's not burlesque, but it's like... It's like cabaret. Yeah. Wow. Drag? Drag. Oh. That's what it is. It's like a drag routine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, he's, so like eating he's eating himself, and he burps a big old bubble. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Suck him dry. And because and it's a kids show, I spit him out like spinach. <sighs> Money and palm trees. Mm-hmm. So much symbolism. The cogs in the machine. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. The chainsaws my terrible sweet and breath. scary. I'm kind of setting fire, like okay. Fire. Yeah, he just had an orgasm. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh. His shoulders, the shoulder Acid. movement yeah, he's of like, this. He's like his shoulders. Acid rain emphasis on the ass. Oh, that's sperm. Mm-hmm. 
God, he's like being pleasured throughout this entire yes sequence. That's, yes. So he's in this machine. You see the machine. That's the humans. There's who made the big it. machine. I see it. And he's now part of the God. machine. I mean, yes. great scene though. I mean, that's amazing. But so dark. That's so dark. That's pretty dark. So yeah, we all grew up with that just here presented God. to us for fun. I'll say it. That's inappropriate for children. <laughs> I would not disagree, but we loved it and I ate it up and it was great. Like Tim Curry and whatever. And listener, if you have never listened to the original soundtrack version of a song, highly recommend because it's slightly extended. It's Oof. a little bit longer and there's a verse extra in it that I guess they just thought was too much for the movie. But in my mind, then how did it get released with the soundtrack of the movie? Because the same people that watched the movie would be buying the soundtrack. I don't was know. it more of a time constrained thing? Or do you think it was just an inappropriate censorship? I, I, you know, maybe a little bit of both. What can we stand to cut? Oh, this for sure. Probably this. <laughs> this would be a good thing to cut. Uh, yeah, I didn't get all of the lyrics. so Right. So you want me to just like read it to you? Mm, toxic. <laughs> Yeah, the first lyrics literally say, mmm, sludge, like very <laughs> sexual. Goopy, goopy. Filth and fumes. Filthy. Filthy. So the, the first verse is, oil and grime, poison sludge, mm -hmm. diesel clouds, and noxious muck. I always was very, like, it was very impressionable the way that Hexa said noxious muck. It was just this, like, yeah. I don't know, the diction of it was very the much. Yes, you can feel it. I mean, the it's words. Tim Curry, so of course you can. It's Tim Curry. Like you said, slime beneath me, mm. slime up above. Ooh. Ooh, you'll love my ah, 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 toxic love. But it's like building to something, if you catch my drift. Basically. Uh, the second verse says, I see the world and all the creatures in it. I suck them dry and spit them out like spinach. He doesn't swallow. So I suck them dry and I spit them out. Yeah. So they included spinach to be like, this is for children. Children don't like yeah. spinach. <laughs> they spit it out. Ooh, spinach. Spinach. <laughs> so that was like, this... We oh remember who our audience is in this one singular moment of songwriting. This is so Everything's out the window now. Um, the next line, one of, one of my personal favorites, I feel, and now granted, yes, he's a cloud of pollution. So he is literally growing, enhancing, and becoming more and more himself by the minute. So it says, I feel the power. It's growing by the minute. Oh, it's growing. And pretty soon you're going to see me wallow in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, the, that's what he says. So I'll let the listenership make their own conclusions there. I missed that line. Is that part of the song or is this new? That is part of the song. I missed that completely. That is included. This is the verse, however, oh, no. that was not included in the film. Okay. So this is the, the extra verse that you may or may not have heard. Here we as. go. I got my cold compresses right here. in The places where you right need them. Right here in the hot spots. <laughs> this verse says, mm. I feel good, yeah. a special kind of horny. Horny? Horny. That's literally, I think, what they had to take out. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> All right. And this is more on brand with the film, right? Okay. Flowers and trees depress and frankly bore me. So he doesn't want flowers and trees. He wants pollution and, mm -hmm. you know, shopping malls and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he's not really a flowers and candy kind of exactly. guy. Exactly. I think I'll spew them all with cyanide saliva. Why do you need to include the word cyanide in a children's film? Which you don't, I guess. That's why it's on the soundtrack. Or saliva. Or saliva, for that matter. Or horny. Horny, particularly. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit worked out. <laughs> As you should. This is pretty, pretty out there. 
pour me a puke cocktail and take me to the driver. Oh, my God. In the soundtrack, as you're listening to it, when Tim Curry says, pour me a puke cocktail, he, like, gags and burps. (laughs) It's so gross. That's so disturbing. This was in my brain. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad for letting their children watch Fern Gully because it is, it still has a really strong message, very conservationist, environmentalist message. And we support these messages. it's good on the whole but wow like they let tim curry just do his thing um i did see on the internet a lot of people taking like making comparisons with his songs from rocky horror picture show yeah they were all contemporaries so they had fun with this in the studio okay so to continue with the lyrics filthy brown acid rain Mm -hmm. pouring down like egg chow mein like that's part of the animation i guess yeah you know just kind of they had to throw that in there to make kids laugh I guess. Yeah. All that's foul, all that's stained, breeding in my toxic brain. Oh, in your toxic brain. Ugh. I don't like that. Just like parasites freak me out. Infection freaks me out. And that phrasing just is absolutely horrendous to me. It's so filthy, toxic. <laughs> the, next, the next verse. I can't remember if this is in the movie or not. We literally just watched it and I can't recall. So Mm. tell me if I'm wrong. Can't remember. But, and after dinner, I could go for something sweet. Revenge for all those years locked in a tree. I do think that's in there. I'll crush and grind all creatures great and small and put up parking lots and shiny shopping malls. So that whole like capitalist consumerism, anti-consumerism messaging is like deep seated in here too. A paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Because greedy human beings will always lend a hand with the destruction of this worthless jungle land. And I mean, they're not wrong. He's right. And it's only gotten worse since 1992. But hey. He had to get real wrong to be right. Man, don't even get me started. There's a whole other song I want to do if you're familiar. Uh, all Dogs Go to Heaven too. Feels so good to be bad. I know All Dogs Go to Heaven. I'm probably unlocking something for some people. I but don't know about the second one, but I've seen I the love first the one. sequel, but that we'll cover that one too as a WTF because it is... Well, Feels So Good to Be Bad was a little... Satan was singing to one of the main characters. You've told me about that, yes. Feels So Good to Be Bad, yeah. Interesting, my God. Similar, similar. Okay. And what a beautiful machine they have provided. That's that clawing, scratching thing. What is it called? It's like the eliminator or the... I literally just read about it. I'm so sorry. This is my ADHD brain. I can't... I have no working memory. You can look it up and Um, then... We can add it in there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we can do this. It's a podcast. It's fine. It's not I can live. edit everything. Let's see. What's it called? Mm-hmm. I want another beer. <laughs> you need to eat first. Oh, leveler. It is a, it's called a leveler. A leveler? Or yeah. the, the I think leveler? that's a real thing, but this one has like arms and legs, basically. It's almost a transformer. Yeah. And probably because Hexus is possessing it. But yeah. yeah. To slice a path of doom with my foul breath to guide it. Yeah, the breath. The imagery there, the foul breath of the machine is like the emission from the machine, right? Yeah. So anytime a kid is hearing this, kind of having all this stuff rattling around in their brain, and then they see how disgusting the pollution is coming from the big machine. Very um, pointed, very effective. Um, And then he does his hit me once, hit me one time, hit me twice, and then ah, 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 that's rather nice. So it's, again, the building, the burlesque, the showmanship of it. Oil and grime, poison sludge, diesel clouds, and noxious muck. Slime beneath me, slime up above. Mm. Ooh, you'll love my ah, 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 toxic love. So that is, yeah, that's the song Toxic Love. Um, I'm inclined right now to ask you for your first impressions of this song. 
Me? Yes. Oh. You, Christian, my co-host of this podcast. <laughs> my first impressions? Uh, super sexual. <laughs> um, super inappropriate. Oh my gosh. First impressions. I mean, I, I get the whole like, it's really interesting that they didn't just do like a be prepared style of like, I'm coming, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you and I'm going to destroy everything. They went intentionally went burlesque drag sexual uh, yeah. sexual it was intentional and i don't know if they were like let us put something very adult and very like not childlike onto this evil entity and they made that conscious decision to like pick the most far-fetched foreign inappropriate thing to torment coincide nature yeah. and these fairies or whatever um i don't know if that was their angle it, or would, it would be very unfamiliar to a child and feel very, very unfamiliar foreign, and feel right? strange and odd and it might mm-hmm. make you a little it, bit scared but you may not know why yes and uh i think i don't know if that was their like intellectual decision mm. for putting all this yeah i don't know uh, onto the character or if they were just like, we love what you did with Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think can you bring yeah. that to the character? We wrote some super scandalous lyrics. We don't have Disney telling us no. Yes, I think a lot of it was driven by the casting. Yeah, I think it was just like, let's make this inappropriate, as inappropriate as possible, because you're pollution. You're right. the most inappropriate thing on the planet. So let's make it to mm-hmm. let's make it something where even adults are uncomfortable. Let's mix everything in so that everybody feels uncomfortable. Pretty much. It's well done. I'll say I that mean, much. Yeah, definitely well done. Tim Curry. Makes you feel uh, some type of way. Yeah, it makes you feel a certain kind of icky. You feel <laughs> yes. like I need to take a shower. I think that you're on the right track with the Tim Curry casting decision and why it was the way it was. Because, again, not to go too deep into Fern Gully, but one of the main reasons that Fern Gully even happened is because Robin Williams signed on to be Batty Coda, the other most recognizable character, if not the most recognizable character right. um, from the Fern Gully franchise. Mm-hmm. And his star power honestly was a catalyst to creating the whole thing and sure. little tidbit to, to lead you in once we do our Ferngully episode but one of the like central conflicts around making this movie was basically disney didn't want robin williams to do it yeah because he was also concurrently voicing the genie in aladdin and they didn't want him to have his voice in two films at the same time and robin williams was basically like it's my voice you can't tell me that <laughs> and so he kind of got mad right. they don't you don't own me i don't have a contract and not only that but he cared about environmental causes <gasps> what a saint yeah God. he was he was like i'm going to do this because i'm i care about it and you can't make me or stop me because it's my voice and I am in control of my voice. So he was the main reason that the movie even happened. And Batty Coda was written for Robin Williams. Yeah. And you can tell in the character as you watch the movie, you can tell that it was written for him. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the same thing. I think Hexus was almost written for Tim Curry. Probably. Yeah, I think you're right. That's um, an interesting parallel because like one of the first times you see the sludge and then you see the hands begin to reach out and the physical body that emerges from the sludge is this black skeleton the skeleton is a big deal and it comes back later it's the idea is kind of across the internet i should say is that the skeleton look the death Mm -hmm. look like almost like um grim reaper sort of thing yeah is hex's final form interesting like that's what he's evolving into becoming a physical body not just a sludgy pudding body he he is the he is death he's the grim reaper he's bringing destruction and that skeleton is like seeing who he really is Mm -hmm. and then he goes from the skeleton 
in this scene to goes from a sludge to a fume. Yes. He goes from a, a liquid to a solid mm-hmm. to a vapor. Mm-hmm. So that the first time I saw the vapor version, the toxic uh, miasma, mm-hmm. he reminded me of the genie. So that's a funny yeah. parallel that they were like, yeah. oh, screw you, Disney. The Pretty first much. face you see that isn't the skeleton is going to be this genie-esque. And honestly, in my, like, as a kid, another thing that I connected, two characters that I connected, and I'm honestly kind of surprised you haven't said it, but it's probably because you have stronger ties to the one I'm mentioning, mm-hmm. is Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, he's very, I don't know what I would categorize him. He's not sexual in the he's same way. He's not sexual He's jazzy. Sultry. I don't know. I'm going to find a category for him because we'll do that. We'll do mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas one day too as a, as a movie night. Also, so we have Genie, we have Oogie Boogie, but also uh, strong Ursula. Yes. Vibes in his very sultry lips. Yep. And the shoulders is what gets me. The shoulders is where I see Ursula. She does that kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. haunt, you know, I'm, I'm haunting you kind of. I really want the listeners to know that as we're discussing this, both Christian and I are moving our shoulders we're doing in the, the same shoulders. way to, <laughs> to emphasize what we're doing, even though you can't see it. This so. is emotion I'm unfamiliar with. Right. Yes. I don't know how to channel this, but it's it looks something <laughs> like this. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, no, that's... um. Those are my first impressions. Any other? Yeah. No. Basically, I was just kind of looking at the internet and what the internet thinks about Hexus in general. And it's a very polarizing thing. Like, either you have, like, a fondness for it, an affinity for it from your childhood, or you're like, WTF? Like, why Why does this exist? Like, this mm. shouldn't exist. Um, I was curious, like, what the par- parental, like guidance websites say about Ferngully because of yeah. all this content and I looked it up and there are some like a lot of the reviews are by people from our generation yeah. saying love this movie one of my favorites from childhood highly recommend it's not that scary and then there are also all these reviews of like no I was traumatized by this movie don't let your children watch it and then there are separate reviews that are just basically like toxic love what was that don't this is not this is not okay toxic love wtf pretty much um so it's like either you love it or you hate it personally i do love it but i remember watching it and feeling intensely uncomfortable and as a kid i'm thinking it's because he's a scary villain that's scary and all i could associate it with was scary Mm -hmm. but it isn't that it's just scary it's that it's like you said, foreign, unfamiliar. It's different. Mm-hmm. The, you mentioned this. You literally almost kind of tied up what I was going to say earlier mm-hmm. because you said it's going to make kids uncomfortable, but they may not necessarily know why. Right. That was my experience with it. He was a villain, so he was scary. But I have always loved villains, a villain song. Like I liked those characters because they were more interesting to me a lot of times than the protagonist. Sure. Like they They're have always this, more complex than the, than the hero. There, yeah. Always. There's a complexity to it. So I always have been a villain fan. Like... Me personally, even yeah, from I'm childhood. Yeah, a huge villain fan. Yeah, However, for sure. the difference with Hexus is just the way that he's just the, like... <sighs> oh, he's breathing. Yeah, yeah he's- at a certain point, kids are just not developmentally ready to understand certain topics, obviously. Um, maybe not until they're like 10, 11, 12. I don't know. But I certainly was not 10, 11, or 12 when I was watching this movie. It came out the same year I was born. So I had to have been maybe three, four, five when I was into it and then i was 30 <laughs> you haven't even watched the whole movie yet <laughs> no, how, yeah, you don't even, even see know it. i've only seen the one scene i'm not particularly comfortable with the idea of sex i'm not very mm. good when it things get sensual and that's what was taught to me the discomfort was taught to me growing up deeply embedded in purity culture uh 
Same. Like my family didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to be around it. Unless I was in an intimate moment with another person, I didn't know what I was doing. I felt uncomfortable. I didn't know how to how to approach right. it, I guess. It's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> Purity culture really affected my development and a lot of people's development in that area as millennials. We've learned about like the satanic panic in the 80s and 90s and how yeah. that all fed into how we all learned about like sexuality in general. Yeah. And so this like uncomfortable feeling that we felt we didn't understand and even watching it later I was still trying to come to terms with it and it still made me deeply uncomfortable and that's why to this day it's kind of making us uncomfortable even though part of the reason why that is is because we know it was made for kids at the end of the day we were just brought up in a way that makes us uncomfortable around this topic and everything yeah I know that we all had the experience where you're like watching something even something like this probably on tv and your mom's suddenly like oh anybody want more like popcorn like you want to like let's look over here you know oh, a yeah. weird commercial comes on or like, like a sex distracting scene people or trying to distract themselves yeah like or, or I would always just like start talking I'd be compelled to just like take the attention off of what we're all mm. watching together I was taught to be I wasn't taught to be comfortable with this type of content. I was never taught that. I was taught to avoid it, to make a joke of it, to make light of it. And honestly, I think it's interesting that most of the time in these films, things that stick out to me and, and shows villains like Hexus, um, him from Powerpuff Girls, mm, there are so Sedusa. many of these villains. Sedusa. Mm. There are so many of these villains that have this sensual nature to them. It, it kind of warped my view as well because the way that it was taught to me and everything hero villain you have this binary complex right opposing forces and everything sensual was always on the side of the villain i can't say there weren't heroes that weren't sensual too i'm sure that there were but in general if these types of feelings came up it Mm -hmm. was associated with a villain somebody bad yeah and so that didn't help anything when i'm deeply entrenched in this purity culture and then yeah. I'm being told, oh, this is bad. It's villainous. You shouldn't be like a villain. They have all these terrible traits, and <laughs> this is one of them, you know? And yet we identify with most of, most the, of the villainous villains. traits. <laughs> oh, man. I, like I you do. said, you know, they are more complex characters, and yeah. that is a yeah. part of life that is complex and important. I I was talking with a friend of mine, actually, about the whole idea of purity culture and how important sex ed actually is, especially in the Bible Belt, <laughs> um, places where all the rates for everything that the culture, the purity culture is trying to fight against, the rates are higher for STDs, teen pregnancy, all of that stuff comes from this lack of knowledge. Oh, you mean ignorance breeds that kind of bad decision-making? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> ignorance breeds bad decision-making. You heard it here, not first, probably this for the millionth a, time. That's pretty dark podcast exclusive. <laughs> ignorance breeds bad decisions i posted about something about purity culture recently and how important sex ed is Mm -hmm. and my friend was like made a good point basically saying that parents can't cope with the intersection of like their children and sexuality and i thought that was so true and so well said um because well our parents our parents i'm you're right i'm learning that other parents and other places aren't like that yeah and yeah. I'm jealous, kind Me of. Me too. Because I'm like, oh man, how nice it would be. I mean, be. there are some really great, I'm going to mention TikTok again, but there are some really great examples on TikTok of these moms that have kids that are at different age levels. And so they have questions. They always go to their mom with these questions. I could not imagine asking a question of, 
anybody I was related to or any human being really ever at all when I was in that age range. It just would never have happened because of all this weird avoidance. It was just all avoidance all the time. Pretending it doesn't exist. But I'm seeing all these great examples of how to talk about it at age appropriate, developmentally appropriate levels to certain groups of kids. I think it's super cool. Way to go. Like more power to you. I don't have any of the answers, but I did want to kind of make the connection that it's interesting to be talking about this in a public way in a public forum because that is not something I saw myself doing. Right. You know, right. 10 years ago, even five years ago, I really wasn't there. <laughs> so is this um, making you uncomfortable right now talking about it? This right now is not. And that's what I think is cool is that I've, it's good. I can tell that I've come over the hump, but like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. There shouldn't have been this hurdle to climb. Yeah. And I hope that for future generations, there isn't. But I think for a lot of people that grew up as millennials and people that grew up like us, it was just confusing. And we didn't have a whole lot of answers anywhere we looked. Right. And so Hexus on the screen. So we turned to the internet and Dancing Hexus. and swinging his hips and his shoulders around. He's getting you all, <laughs> all steamy, huh? We didn't, I didn't know how to name that feeling until middle school, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Also, I was, I was 30. <laughs> how old? This. Hey, Christian, how old were you when you- I just had my sexual awakening. Oh, well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the club. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> But it's good to be here. Like all that being said, all of the developmental stuff aside, I feel like, you know, toxic love was still over our heads and that's okay. Um, we weren't ready for it yet and it became something to laugh at <laughs> later. Yeah. But I still think that it's interesting that more often than not, the villains are the sensual ones and we're given that really negative and bad connotation so early. So like doubling that up with purity culture servings that I got, it was really hard to shake and get past it. Right. I'm I'm grateful that there are parents out there now that are normalizing like really healthy expression of sexuality and understanding those things about yourself and others much earlier because it builds a foundation for, you know, normalizing consent and I I'm just I think it's all really important and really yes. cool and, you know, hats off and props to everybody that's doing that work because it just wasn't done <laughs> when I we were kids and I think it's going to make a difference a big time difference in the way that people approach all these topics. That saves you from hearing that conversation. Mm-hmm. From, from a, a manipulative, uh, self-serving. Narcissistic. Uh, what's the word? Toxic loving. I mean, a toxic that, hey, that, masculinity that, a toxic type man. Masculinity. Uh, or yeah. boy. Sorry. Let's talk about boys. Boy. This isn't a man Oh, I mean, yeah. It's difficult for kids in middle school, high school, like hearing these things from a guy that they want to like them. Right. And Absolutely. If you don't know any better. Then the sure. guy is going to tell you, hey, this is okay. He's going to give you his version. I'm doing this for you, babe. And I cannot even tell you how many like friends, people that I know that had those kinds of experiences where they ended up in positions they did not want to be in yeah. because they didn't know any different. They knew what was told to them by somebody that they that had a different agenda. And nope. yeah, then they were just left with the aftermath and healing from that, which is something that I and so many other women my age are going through. Yeah. So we've, we've come a long way from hexes. I know this is like <laughs> some real hard hitting stuff, of- but Hey, I think it's important to talk about. And if we're going to make all the jokes and have fun with all the like funny, like out, we can't believe this was outrageous. This was in the kids movie. If we're going to do all that, we might as well do this too. Because they were throwing all these adult themes into yeah, they were mixing all the adult themes into kids entertainment, and you're exactly right. That's why we're here. We're conversing. Yeah, thanks for letting me get on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. Anytime. Hey, this is your podcast. Hey, 
Get ready for some more soapboxes. If you liked that, there's more where that came from. And if you didn't, I don't know, get the hell out or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the hell out. You can see yourself out. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on your way <laughs> If out. you're my follower on Instagram, if we're buds and you follow me on Instagram, I have whole um, highlights of my stories on all this type of stuff. It's in like my feel highlight. Real good stuff. Real good stuff. So if you're feeling that way, you're not the only one. Guess what, guys? You're not alone. But- we can, you know, speculate all day about what the animators meant and what they were trying to do. I would like to think, and I honestly do think, that it probably wasn't even that deep. It was, we're getting Tim Curry, so let's make this for <laughs> yeah. Tim Curry. Let's make him enjoy this. Right, pretty much. And he did, apparently, from what I've read. Like, he thought it was a fun course, fun yeah. character. But for our listeners, I thought it would be a fun callback. If you, like, remember watching the movie, but you maybe it made you uncomfortable and you didn't want to watch it anymore, but you don't remember why this might be why. Yeah. Or maybe one of the reasons, obviously there are some other scary, like actual violence and like that type of stuff that probably stuck in your mind too. Obviously Batty is a pretty scary character or can be for really young kids. Yeah. For young kids. Um, And his whole storyline is about being experimented on for like a cosmetics company, testing on animals, animal testing and all that stuff, which is right. I'm not going to say it was ahead of its time because I do think there was a movement there for it to join, but it was, Mm -hmm. uh, it was one of my first like exposures to that reality and hoping that that doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. anymore, you know, seeing, and that's the goal, right? They're marketing this to kids, hoping that it will modify the behavior of a generation. Right. Exactly. And I think it kind of did, which is pretty cool, all things considered. Well, all of that ties back into what we talked about, like advertising for, to children and like the children's programming of like, mm-hmm. let's use this concept to our advantage and let's What's like, ethical about what you present to kids? Yeah, let's present them this whole like, you know, save the planet mentality, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's furthering an agenda. Yeah, it is furthering an agenda. But it was supposed to change the thinking of a generation that's an effective way to do it it's a great way to do it right you want to change the face of of everything start with the kids right let's brainwash them let's tell them what we're- <laughs> i mean i support it in certain circumstances for no, things for like sure, that for but, sure you know it definitely still sticks with us yeah for sure and i mean that was half of the entertainment that i did consume yeah. it's all very asop it's all has a moral to the story mm-hmm. you know it was part of that movement to have educational content for kids available right yeah because it served a, like a moral and like societal like purpose it all ties in together it's just somehow sometimes things like toxic love kind of slip through the cracks when you're teaching kids about the world, it's like, are they ready for this particular lesson? I don't know. Right. I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. There was you were saying something about um, I know what it was. It was uh the anthropomorphizing, like it was just continued that cartoon trope of like taking something, a concept like sludge yes. and pollution, and making it a humanoid, and then like right. like baddie. You're giving a face to yeah the problem. Like like animal testing is bad. But when you present a character that can walk and talk and tell you about what it was like to be experimented on, exactly. that's different exactly. than just going, oh, poor animals. It's like, oh, I can identify that with this That specific character. animal, yes. Yeah. And it clearly hurt him and affected him and, you know, yes. he can tell you exactly why. There's some fun stuff in that, too. Um, the baddie rap is also pretty WTF if which, you really like yeah, look at the full you, you version. You played that for me, the baddie rap. Oh, yes. I did force him to listen to the baddie rap, which I can, re- you know, I can recite. I love it. If you ever need me to, I can do it on command. But there are elements of that song that are also in the full soundtrack version that I would also highly recommend you go listen to if you haven't heard it in a while. Mm. Um, things all the way down to like, you know, you hear in the movie, uh, it says, uh, like you hear like a shadow and Batty's narrating that the doctor's like, get me another one, get me another animal. At the end of the song, they allude to this like, 
the doctor's like to, talking to the nurse and he's like, Why, how come you never call me back? Oh, like, really? This, this like, yeah, there's all <laughs> this stuff inside that song oh my that is purely just for adults. And I mean, we could go into a whole other episode in tangent about including like mature jokes in children's entertainment for the parents' enjoyment. Yeah. And that happens to this day. Sure. So I think this was probably an early example of that as well. Because if a parent was watching the batty rap and heard something like that, they were probably kind of like, haha, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's clever. It gives you a chuckle. Yeah. It gives you something to enjoy when your kid forces you to watch it. Right. Right. And I mean, it gives the movie legs. Like it did decently well at the box office. Fern Gully did. So. Sure. And it became what it is, you know, for a whole generation of people looking back at it. It was very formative so mm. for, for better or worse <laughs> Ferngully taught us a lot so yeah that was uh toxic love yeah wow thanks for subjecting me to this i'm really glad that you watched it toxic sexuality thank you you're welcome thank you very much but i learned a lot about the environment and pollution <laughs> so that's all you can ask for right i want to make the world a better place <laughs> thanks for listening to our first wtf episode yeah, if you have ideas for, you know, what made you say WTF or things that you and your group of friends have found to be unsettling from oh, your yeah. childhood, let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We'll, we'll cover We'll it. discuss it. We'll look at it. We'll see if we can figure out why. Yeah, Ian, like, just like this one, I'd never seen Ferngali. So even if we don't know what you're talking about, we'll look it up and we'll do an episode on it. Yeah, we're excited <laughs> to learn what else was out there. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you want us to cover. And uh, thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark. Thanks for listening. Yeah, look for more episodes like this and others. <laughs> Thanks. We're new at this. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark. Written and produced by Christian Baxter-Mott and Kaylin Andrews. Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons, and our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration. Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast. Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood at That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, you're never really alone. So, until next time, sweet dreams, everyone. <laughs>